So we're going to be talking about uh, the, the title of our series. I don't have any slides because I really want to show a video here in just a minute. But the title of this four weeks of January that we're going to be in is A Family on Mission. I really want to talk about being a family on mission together and to really kind of focus. I think this is really good for us, you know, New Year's, New Year's resolutions. Like, it's what I want to do is really bring focus on an individual basis, but also as a family, as a community, as a people, right, who are called to bring forth the kingdom in power to our community and to everywhere we walk, right, to be a people that walk in the power and the authority, the love of Jesus Christ, and the walking in the daily, our, our, our mission statement is walking daily in the power, presence, and love of the Holy Spirit. Just think about that. Like, am I walking, right, this is a good question to ask ourselves, am I walking daily in the power and in the presence and in the love of the Holy, of the Holy Spirit? And, um, you know, Parker had a great break. I, breaks struggle with me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I was, I'm a, I'm an eight on the uh, angiogram. I found out Kim did the little angiogram thingy on me and I'm an eight. And so I think that means that like when, when, when you move my cheese, I get like flustered, right? I'm like, this isn't my normal routine or something. Right. And so, so I was, I was struggling, but so anyways, my point is, is that, you know, that question kind of resonates inside of me. Like, am I really right? I'm not talking about being a pastor. I'm talking about being a son. I'm talking about being a child of the king. Am I walking daily in the power and the presence and the love of the Holy Spirit? And that's what Jesus has called each one of us to do because we're called to people on mission, a family on a mission. So I want to dive into that. And, and if you want, you can open up to, to um, Matthew chapter 10 because that's where I really want to get this or uh, this is the text for today. But wouldn't it be really cool, instead of reading it, if we could actually watch it, wouldn't it be cool if the like Bible came alive and you can actually kind of watch it on film? Wouldn't that be like a cool thing? Man, where could we do that? How could we do that? That's a head scratcher. Maybe the chosen? Ha, ah, come on, right? Come on. So we're going to cue this. Uh, it's about seven minutes and 45 seconds. I thought... Instead of reading it, we're going to watch it. Isn't that cool? So we're going to watch it, and then we're going to talk about it for a few minutes. So with that, if you could go ahead and pull that up, make sure the sound's on. Um, this is where Jesus is, um, he is sending out his apostles for the first time. And uh, this basically came out, what, like maybe uh, six weeks ago was when the movie came out. So go ahead and cue that. You're doing great, James. James is back there. He's orchestrating it. I'm just kind of like, I'm filling until he's got it going. Go ahead and hit play. Turn the sound up. Sure, by now, most of you are aware of the tent village that is rapidly growing east of Capernaum. Those are people yeah. who followed us from the mount, who are now waiting to hear more. Their numbers grow by the day, as do the suspicions of Rome. In fact, Z informed me just this morning that a few members of his former order have even journeyed here. It would appear as if we were building an army, teacher. <laughs> well, that's one way of looking at it. The other way to look at it 
is my way. <clears throat> the correct way, you mean? Yes, Simon. Mm. Those people are like those in regions all over. They are not an army. Not yet. They are in need of rescue. And you are going to help me rescue them. Different kind of rescue, see? It is not sustainable for me to do all the preaching, all the healing and ministering. I've called you to Simon's home today and thank you, Eden, for hosting. Because our ministry will only grow and we want it to grow till the end of the age. There will be many more followers and like those not here, all will have roles and responsibilities. Most will be disciples, students. But I have chosen you 12 as my apostles. You're sending us? An apostle is the same as a messenger, one who... I know what it means, Matthew. That's why I'm asking. You are my leaders. And for this mission I have for you, it's best that you spread out and not be concentrated in one place. I... I don't understand. I'm going to go home to Nazareth for a time, and while I'm there, I'm sending you out in every direction, two by two, specifically to our people only. Every direction, Rabbi? Yes, but not to the Gentiles. Not yet. That will come in time. But to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, just as Joshua led the 12 tribes to take the promised land. You will proclaim as you go, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And while you are on this mission, you will heal the sick and the lame by anointing them with oil. You will cast out demons. You will clean. What? Why are you all looking at me like that? Uh, could, could you just repeat that one more time? <laughs> I'm sending you out two by two. Proclaiming as you go, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. Uh, how soon are we talking about here? There's that word again. I'll get to that, Simon. Hold on. Heal the sick? Cast out demons? While you are on this mission, I grant you this authority. Someday, you will have it all the time. Was that a ceremony I missed? This is it. Don't feel any different? I don't need you to feel anything to do great things. With all due respect, Rabbi, we've only just begun as students. We're not nearly qualified enough. Why would you need us for this work? He doesn't need us. He wants us. Thank you, Sieb. Very good. John, if I needed religious leaders or qualified students for my ministry, I wouldn't have chosen. <laughs> well, you get the point. Can we get back to the part about healing the sick for one second? You will take nothing for your journey except the staff. 
No bread, no bag, no money. Not even Salome's food. Wear sandals and do not bring an extra tunic. We can't even bring a change of clothes? Even the wandering cynic philosophers carry a second tunic. Yes, they do. And I'd like to distinguish you from the cynics. They also carry beggars' bags for people to put gold and silver coins into. And you will not do that. You received without paying. Now give without pay. Whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. And if anyone should not receive you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet as you leave that house or town. Do not waste your time. You said if anyone will not listen to our words. What words exactly? What are we supposed to teach? Anything you've ever heard from me. I've only ever heard the one sermon. You heard the best one, Henry. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're all so good. <laughs> that message was not just for the thousands that were there. It was for all who will hear it from now until the end of the age. How will they know it, you ask? Good question. Thanks for asking. You will tell them. And the places you will go are places I will soon go. So you are preparing the way for my arrival and helping ensure that more people are ready to hear the good news. The miracles you'll perform on God's authority will prove my ministry. Suppose we hit a bad streak and several towns in a row reject us, maybe for days. How are we to eat? What if it gets bad, like, like it has with John? Listen carefully, all of you. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. So, you're saying we could die? There will come a time when this will become far more difficult when persecution is an ever-present part of your ministry. When that time comes, you will follow in my footsteps and you will know what it actually means to give up your life. That's a good one. Let's just hold that thought. I I wanna um there's one announcement that I forgot to make. Our Jaquita Harmon got voted, her business, Kiki the Barber, got voted uh, Oxford Business of the Year. Isn't that good? 
So as family, we got to celebrate that. That's pretty awesome. What a cool honor. January 19th, okay, if you guys want to mark this in your calendars, January 19th, she wanted to invite everybody. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce, I think, is going to be presenting this tour on the 19th at Hanover, um, Hanover Winery. Hanover, is that right? Hanover Winery at 615, at 615, January 19th. And so everyone's invited to, to participate in that. If you can open up your schedules for that, that would be great. Um, that's awesome. Hats off to you. You've, you've earned it for sure. I love that. Um, I don't know about you, man. I just felt, especially right there at the end when he's talking about laying down our lives and what that looks like for the gospel and really following Jesus. Um, man, it's just a, it's a moving thing. And I'm so grateful for the chosen so that we can actually see this scripture this is all taken out if you go and like i said if you open your bibles to matthew 10 we've probably a lot of us have read this before but man it's totally different when you're in the room with them and you're like envisioning what it's like for these people to hear this for the first time because we've hear it, we hear it all you know we hear it over and over again it becomes kind of becomes rote you know what i mean and so these people were, were they're they're hearing this message this mission that they're being sent out on they're hearing this for the first time Later on, he says, you know, you know, take a day, pack your bags, do what you need to do, because the next day after that, you're heading out. I mean, that's how quick of a turnaround that they were expected to make. We don't know that necessarily from Scripture, but that's probably fairly realistic with the time frame, you know, that um, is painted in the, in the Bible. So what does it look like for us to be a family on mission together. What does it look like for us to really take hold of the mission that God has called us to? And I want to talk about the mission for a, a, a moment here, but before we that, before that, I want to start on the first word, which is that word family, because I think that that word is is significant, and it's a significant word here because it's a part, part of our culture of who we are. You know, what does it look like to be a church family? Like, what's it really look like for us to be family with one another? Because that's how, they, that's how the, the beginning, when we, when we talk about this, this isn't just like some rote phrases and some terms that we're, we're, we're throwing around here, because when we see uh, the church being birthed, at, at Pentecost and the two to 3,000 people being saved and the believers, they're breaking bread together. They're meeting on a regular basis. They're calling each other brothers and sisters. And I mean, so they're acting and they're being and they're moving like, like family. I mean, family is a powerful word. And it's powerful on a number of levels, and I probably don't have time to go into all of that today, but, but family is a powerful world. I mean, think about what is one of the greatest things that people need. They need family. Like one of the greatest needs, I mean, you know, one of the things that just like, like 
I mean, that is so severe, that is so, you know, this need to belong and to be a part of something bigger than themselves, right? That, that's huge. And that's what family is. Like a lot of us, I'm looking across this room, we probably all had, you know, over the holidays, we had places to go, people to connect with. You know, pe- you know where am I going on Christmas Eve and where am I going on Christmas Day? And how many people, like, like we're like a few, we're the, we're the minority, not necessarily the majority in terms of, you know, our community. Because a lot of people, there's a significant number of people that don't have that. Maybe it's because of divorce, or maybe it's because of brokenness in the family, or I mean, there's all kinds of things. You know, all of us can probably think about friends and family and neighbors and relatives and all kinds of stuff that have a lot of brokenness in their lives, and they don't have that. They're missing that sense of belonging and being a part of something. And so we here are a family called to function and to move and to be together as a family on mission, on mission. So what do families do? They love each other, right? They support one another, right? I mean, think about it. Like, I mean, if, if someone needs a little money here, a little money there, or, a little, you know, or needs a little helping hand here, a little helping hand there, or things aren't working out, or they're struggling, or in the, they're in the hospital, what do families do? They care for one another. I think one of the, the big things, and this is, this is a struggle inside of families, is that families don't judge one another. You know, there's, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, it's rampant inside of churches and church communities, and a lot of us have been parts of, of those kind of communities where, you know, if, you, if, you, if people don't think like and act like and move just like me, then they're not a part of me. Right? And that's the whole mindset of, like, we, we talk about this cancel culture. What does that mean? It's just that right there. It's like either you act like me, you believe like me, you move like me, or I cancel you. And I don't want you, in, I, I, I get you out, get you off, get you, you know, out of the whatever it is, the show, whatever, you know, kind of thing. But we don't judge, we give grace. We have to be people of grace. And that, that, that goes beyond right here. It goes beyond the interactions that are happening inside of church community. It extends out beyond that to the people around us. Because, right, it's the, it's the kindness, it's the grace of God that leads people to repentance. That's the way, that's what draws people into the kingdom is the kindness, grace, the mercy of God. Families share meals together. And we're going to talk about this in detail over the next uh, four weeks, three weeks after this one. Um, But one of our goals is is to really get good at opening up our houses and sharing meals with one another and with, with friends, with family, with neighbors, with acquaintances, coworkers, right? Like what a great place. Because family is not only who we are, it's also our mission. It's also our, our lives are to be a testimony, right? A way of demonstrating and sharing the gospel. Our houses, you know, how we do meals together, how we do life together is actually an expression of the kingdom of God.
Romans 12, 9 through 13 says this, let love, this is Paul's commandment to the Romans, and it's, and it's for all people that follow and name the name of Christ. Let love be genuine. Think about that one. You could just stop there, right? Let love, let your love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection. That's that family thing that we were just talking about, like love each other with a brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. That's what family does. You know, a lot of times when we think of the kingdom and, you know, we, we put ourselves in the, in the shoes of these apostles where he's like, hey, you're, you're going out to cities. <laughs> Alex, I'm sending you to jo- Judea or whatever the city is, right? He, he does this actually later in this whole scene. You're going out there. You're going with, you and I are going together, and we're going out there. What are you supposed to do? Preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. Freely have you, you have received, freely give. I mean, that's like, that's it right there, right? That's the mission statement. That's what we're called to do, right? And a lot of that, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, how many of us could raise our hand and say, yeah, we're doing that well? That's probably a heart, right? Don't answer that. Don't raise your hand. I know it is raw. We're like, no, I'm not putting my hand up. I get that. But can we open up our homes to one another? This is my thing is, is can we just be hospitable? Can we learn to be family on a mission? Can we learn to open up our homes? Can we learn to open up our lives? Can we lose focus on our preservation, our self-preservation, our self-comfort, and all those things, let's just say the fears, whatever, Can we just set that aside for a moment and go, why am I really here? What is my life all really about? Which brings us to the next thing, which is we're a family on a mission. What is this mission that Jesus has called us to? To spread the good news of Jesus and demonstrate his kingdom, right? I mean, that's kind of like summarizing what he told, go out, into every place that you go, demonstrate the kingdom. Spread the good news of who Jesus is and what he has done in our lives. They're hurting people who desperately want to know God and his love, but do not know or have not experienced it yet. There's people all around us. Like the enemy wants you to believe that everybody's a bunch of heathens and they don't care about God. And I'm just telling you, if you get out there and you start listening to people, there's so many people and they're desperate and they're hungry for something of reality and of truth. Because they're getting all kinds of messages all around us, right? We're all getting them too. But there's people that they're hungry to know the living God, the true God, not religion, but sincere relationship with the God of all the 
verse. The creator of all things. The one who formed the heavens and the earth. And we're not talking about convincing people. Did Jesus say one thing about convincing anybody? <laughs> or about arguing or about, I mean, we think so much in our American mindset and in a lot of our churchisms, right, that it's all about like I've got to argue with you about the reality of Jesus or the gospel or, you know, the five points or four points or three, whatever the points are. And so, you know, that's not it. It's about demonstrating the reality of the king. What did he say? All of this, right, will affirm the reality that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is king. He wants to do this through every person's life. The demonstration of the kingdom of God. Loving people into the kingdom. We don't have to convince them. They get to see, taste and see that, that how good God is. And we get to be the salt of the earth. We get to spread that to others around us. See, the problem is not the mission, per se. And I, I think we can all grasp what the mission is, right? We just talked about it, you know, training up passionate lovers of Jesus to walk daily in the power, presence, and love of the Holy Spirit. That's our personal interpretation of what Jesus commanded us to do. And I think it brings that context of daily walking in the power and presence and love of the Holy Spirit. I don't think the problem is the mission statement. I think the problems are the distractions from the mission statement. I think all, a lot of us in this room, we know the mission, but we get distracted. I know I do. <laughs> I don't know about you. Maybe uh, I'm alone, but I get distracted all the flipping time. Like, why am I here? What is my purpose? Right? One of my biggest fears, I, I, I've kind of like, if anything from this, these last three weeks of taking a break, is I, I've, I've come to be, Kim walked me through some uh, spiritual direction stuff, and one of the fear I didn't even get to share this with her, but one of my fears that I recognize is this fear of not living a life of significance, of not living a life of impact. If I had like one fear, like if you could say, what's your fear? My fear is living life and getting to the end of my life and it being a waste, an absolute waste, no impact. That would be, that would be like the most horrible thing. You know, when I think about like parenting, and I think, you know, did I, how well did I do it? I think about, did I impact? Did I influence? Did I, did I demonstrate Jesus and his kingdom for my children? And I have moments where I go, yeah, I did that pretty well, and then I have moments where, ah, I screwed that up. Could have done that better. It is the distractions, right? It's, we get distracted. We get off track. <laughs> right? We get, we get off track. We, you know, we're on the train, right? The train's ruining down the track. This is the direction. This is where we're going. This is, this is what's where, where our life's headed. And our, our, we get distracted. We get off the tracks. And there's so many things that pull us off track.
So we, so a lot of us, we wonder why, I don't know about you, but I can tell when this is happening because I grow bored, I get depressed, I'm, 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 you know, I mean, I'm melancholy. Like, I mean, if you're, I mean, I mean, I'm not talking about a medical condition. I'm talking about just normal kind of that. Okay. So don't, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it's because we're not alive in our mission. We're not alive with our purpose. We're not carrying out what we were put on this earth to do. And we get bored and we get depressed and we get saddened because we're not walking out what we're called to walk out. And we're not living the way that, God, that Jesus designed us to live. We're designed to live for the impossible. We're designed to live in the supernatural. That's our, that's our makeup. We're born again. We're born of the spirit, right? We don't live by the flesh or the natural or the materialistic part of us, right? We live from, we, we are spirit. See, a lot of us, we get focused on the means and we lose sight of the end. What do I mean by that? Let me give you an example, all right? You go ask two workers, they're building the largest skyscraper in the world. You go to the one worker, you say, what are you doing? I'm digging a hole. You go to the next guy, you say, what are you doing? I'm building the largest building in the, in the world, right? That's one person that's focused on the means and another person is focused on the goal or the end. Right? They understand their purpose. Yes, I'm digging a hole, but this hole is unto something. What do I mean by that? I mean that, like, we, we all have workplaces, right? Chris, you lead Skyline, right? That's a means, not an end. <laughs> I, I'm the vice president of engineering at Kyvac. That's a means, not an end. You do dishes at Wendy's. That's a means, not an end. That's where God has positioned you for a time and a segment of your life, right? You're teaching music with children, right? That's a means, not an end. Like people are wondering what are we supposed to be doing? You know what? It really doesn't matter. Just make sure that you're living out your, your end purpose, whatever you're doing. So at Kivac, I'm supposed to be living kingdom. I'm supposed to be demonstrating kingdom. I'm supposed to be doing exactly what he told these guys to do. You think that, is that just them or is that supposed to be us? Like, do you feel like you're in the room with them and Jesus is saying, this is what you're called to do? Like, that's who we're following. Like, that's who's calling us right now, who's on the throne. I don't care, whatever, whatever school you're at, whatever job you're at, whatever you're doing, you're called and you're placed there by God to bring kingdom, to live kingdom, to demonstrate Invite your coworkers to lunch. Like, sit down with them and listen to them. Befriend them. You, you, you're there. That's your mission field right there. We're all on mission together. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm yelling a little bit. I'm just trying to get us, but, but uh, why? Because this. Because we get, because everything else is screaming at us to lose focus, to get off track. And I'm trying to get, let's get back on track. And I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to you. Because believe me, I, I can, it's so easy to lose focus. Self-preservation 
right? You, you heard it, right? These guys were freaking out because all of a sudden they're, the, the reality of their mission and their self-preservation were in conflict with one another in that instant of time. And they were saying, okay, do I want off this ship right now? <laughs> do I want to get out of this room or am I going to stay here and do what Jesus is asking me to do? And the question is, is are you going to get off the ship? The, the reality is, is right now is we live in an environment where this isn't challenged, right? We're not, we're not walking outside this room and getting shot because we love Jesus. But, but let me ask you this. This is maybe even a little harder step because you have to lay down your life every day to walk in the power of the Spirit, and it's not being challenged. So are you going to challenge yourself to lay it all down and live Jesus and not be afraid to say, hey, I'm a believer What really matters? What really matters in your life? How are you going to live out significance in your life? How are you going to carry out the mission that Jesus has called every person in this room by name? He has called us to live out mission, right? And, and you just you gotta get you gotta get sick of the that old way of doing life. And you got to go, I want this. Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want to go where you're going. I want to be, I want to move like you're moving. Holy Spirit, come and fill me up. You know, and some of us, you know, it's easy. You know, my prayer for myself is I put my hand on my heart and I say, Lord Jesus, help me to walk this out. Help me walk kingdom every day. Help me not be ashamed of the gospel. Lord, I feel a coldness coming on in my heart. Like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I, you know, this is a reality. We feel coldness. We feel like I don't care anymore, or I, we don't want to press in it because we just take the easy route. We back up into our comfort zone, right? Lord, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. God, help me to walk courageously. I want to walk courageously. The end of Matthew says this. He who loves, this is at the end of actually this, it doesn't, it doesn't talk about it here, but this is actually what Jesus said as a part of this sending them out. He said, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it. And he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. Like, I would encourage you, like, just search your heart. I'm searching my heart. I, I you know, I, I was talking with some people, and like, I would say, one of the, the dreams, like, we have to search our heart for sometimes dreams in our lives of things, and they were, I would say, natural dreams, like, you wanted to do this or that. Like, my, one of my dreams was around basketball. I loved basketball, and I, there's nothing wrong with basketball, and please hear me out, okay? But, like, I'm, I was talking with someone, and they said something about basketball, and I was just like, 
you know, I just felt insignificant because I wasn't in the basketball arena or I wasn't coaching or, you know, I was like, man, I could have been a great coach. Or I could have been this, you know what I mean? And I was just thinking all, through all those things and I'm like, ah, just put it to death. Put to death that desire to be in front of people and everyone go, rah, 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 John, John, you're great. Just put it to death. All of our lives are, when you get to the end of it, all of that is trash. All of that is trash. Just, it's rubbish. That's what Paul said. It's all rubbish. That's just, you know, to be the greatest professor or the greatest musician or to write a cool song that everyone loves, it's all trash. Just, just put it to death and take hold of why you're really here and what your life is really about. You know what? 20 years after we're dead, you, you, just think about your great-grandparents and your, and your I'm depressing all of you right now. I'm like, I'm really depressing. But I, I, need, I need you to come to this reality. I just need you to think about 20 years after you die, your name's not going to come up in any conversation. You're going to be long forgotten. Like, I have my grandpa. Love my grandpa. My grandpa. I have a little thing and a picture on, a, on, a, um, on an ornament, and I hang it up every year. That's when I think about my grandpa. I'm sorry. That's just reality. That's called life and death. You are dying. You are dying, your life, you are, you're, you, the end of your physical life is death. I was listening to something, anybody know Tulsi Gabbard? I don't know, I, 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 I was listening to a podcast by her, and she was talking about how people who keenly understand that they are going to die and that their life is precious, these are the people who have the most joy in life. Like the people that are trying to hide and, and, and steer away from death, I mean, we are dying. So start living. So, you know what I mean? That's, what, that's the message. Start living your mission. Start today. Don't leave out of here and go tomorrow or the next week. Start living mission today. Start living your purpose today. Shoot all those dreams of trying to be great or trying to be significant or trying to be successful or whatever. Maybe it's how much money you make or all those. Put all those to death. The Bible says if you seek first your kingdom, all that will be added to you. He'll take care of it. So put the kingdom first. I didn't say quit your job, but start leaving kingdom in your job. Whatever that is that God has placed you, let's start living kingdom. Let's start doing kingdom together. And inviting friends and reaching out to them because that's what matters. Am I, am I representing Jesus well to my neighbors? Am I representing Jesus well to my coworkers? I had one of my coworkers, and I'm, it sounds like I'm bragging on myself, but he came into my office, all right? This is like two months after. He shuts the door. He and I had conversation. I invited him to lunch. We talked about Jesus. He's like, I'm not there yet. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I just lived kingdom, and I prayed with him every time he was hurting, and I prayed for his families and his kids when they were sick, and I've just, I, I talked Jesus, and I lived Jesus, and I have the freedom to do that at work. And it's awesome. And he shut the door and he said, John, he's got tears running down his eyes. He's like, I prayed for the first time last night. 
I woke up in the middle of the night and I prayed. And I spoke to God and I felt this peace just come over me. I'm doing something right. I'm not all the way there yet. But I'm doing something right. And I'm like, oh, good job, John. Good job. Are you, are, you know what I'm saying? Like, are, are, is that how you're living, though? Right? I'm not even close to walking out like what these guys are walking out. But I'm calling us to be, right, to jump into this mission. If make this our focus in 2023 is to live out mission, is to be a family on a mission. Why don't the worship team come on up? We're going to take communion together today. Why don't everybody just shut your eyes real quick? Because we've made a commitment. Following Jesus is one of the most important decisions that you can make in your life. It was the greatest decision that I ever made in my life. When I was 22 years old, I said yes to Jesus. Making Jesus the Lord of your life is significant. It's no small thing. I know people, I know people in this room that when they made that choice, they were basically choosing to walk away from all that they were raised to know as truth. And that's hard, right? That's really hard. But I want to give you an opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity to cross the line, right, to step into something, to have a moment in your life you see you can look back on and say, that was the day that I said yes to Jesus. And so if that's something that's kind of burning in your heart, you've never ever done that, you've never said yes to Jesus before, and, you, like, and I'm talking about making him truly the Lord of your life where you're willing to die and to, to, to not only die but to live for him in every area of your life. If you've never done that, I just want to give you a chance to do that. And the way we're going to do that is just, all I'm going to ask you to do is to shoot your hand up in the air. Jesus, the Lord of your life, if you want to confess, say, yes, Jesus, I want you. I believe that you suffered and died on the cross, that you rose again, that you're coming again to judge the living and the dead. If you've never done that and you want to do that today, just go ahead and shoot your hand up in the air. That's all good. This isn't about forcing anyone. This is about creating opportunity. I'm not worried about if no one does that. That way I can assume everyone's done that. Now I've got an army. <laughs> now we've got an army of people, right, to go do kingdom together. Now we're going to go into worship. And I want to invite you as we're doing this. invite you into a, a place of heart of, of, of renewing your surrender you're renewing your making Jesus the Lord of your life of laying it at, putting everything at his feet so just shut your eyes and let's just pray that you can pray that individually however you want to do that and then we're going to stand up but let's just take a moment I'm going to be silent and I want you to pray I believe if you've already said yes to Jesus then you know how to pray 
right? All you got to do is, is say in your heart, Lord Jesus, come and be the Lord. God, I'm, uh, in some areas of my life, I've been living in my own strength and my own power. I've been doing my own thing. I've been living comfortably. I've been taking the easy way. And I'm, uh, that's no, there's no life in that. I'm kind of done. Jesus, you come. God, I renew my commitment to you. You are my Lord. Holy Spirit, fill me with the power. Fill me with the strength. God, to live courageously for you, Jesus. I'm tired of being scared of what other people think. I'm tired of, God, being uh, controlled and moved by money or what I have or what I don't have. God, I'm, I'm tired of, of trying to figure out what I'm, what's the next thing I'm going to watch on, on YouTube or the movies or, you know, that, that's not where life is. Life is reaching others, loving others, demonstrating your kingdom to those around me. God, and I want that in my life. In Jesus' name.